उतासे प्रणाम आचार्य जी थ्रू आउट द नॉवेल आई फाउंड द आइडियाज ऑफ आइन रैंड कॉन्ट्रडिक्टिंग वॉट आई हैव लर्न फ्रॉम यू एज वेल एज द जनरल आइडिया ऑफ नॉन डुअल फिलोसफी आई हैव गैदर्ड सो फार प्लीज हेल्प मी सी द कॉन्करेंस इफ एनी बिटवीन द फॉलोइंग स्टेटमेंट्स बाय रैंड एंड योर टीचिंग्स एंड देन ओके देन मुसिम हैज कोटेड सम सिक्स स्टेटमेंट्स फ्रॉम आइन रैंड that he finds to be contradictory with what i say what the buddha says with what the entire advait philosophy says so the first one statement by tuhi my dear you will never be more than it's missing more than a dilentent of intellect unless you submerge yourself in some cause greater than yourself then mutasim says acharya ji this is what you always say why is rand against it mutasim you are disappointing me hmm and then at other places you are saying oh, what is evil about this so easily confused when your question came somebody felt impressed and said said see such a deep question by a 17 year old how can a 17 year old think like this now i feel like saying yes how can a 17 year old think like this so to he says submerge yourself in some cause greater than yourself that's what i have said that's what all saints have said but what is that cause greater than yourself is it to submerge yourself in the common mediocrity is that what the saints have been teaching you all along mutasim and you have been in this since at least an year now is this what you have learned that the saints are telling you to become part of the masses what was to he always saying that a building should just correspond to the lowest common denominator when he writes his sermons in stone he says it is architecture for all he avoids all the depth all the intense complications and brings out just the general superficialities in his book so that even the most dull mind can comprehend what he is saying now is that what the saints have taught you that leave your individuality and submerge yourself 
into the muck of commonness it is almost offensive how you are saying seeing a contradiction first of all to he is against all excellence and the saints were themselves excellent to he is saying go and belong to the masses just as they are don't try to do anything outstanding and the saints were always rebelling against the masses is buddha one of the masses or is he a clear rebellion against mass mentality yes what is it mutasim so easily misled then at another point to he tells keating keating you must stop wanting anything you must forget how important miss catherine is now the context is that keating loves catherine keating loves catherine and to he is telling keating that he must forget the one he loves hmm? and then mutasim proposes acharya ji but what to he is saying is in accordance with with buddha's teachings you will have to come and educate me mutasim how is this in accordance with buddha's teachings and which version of buddha's teachings are you exactly reading how much of buddha's teachings have you read to find this in contradiction of buddha's teachings you are not just 17 you are 17 a 17 year old should have much better sense see what to he is doing catherine responds to the rare honest center of peter do you get this with catherine keating is sometimes honest she is the only one with him with whom she is he is sometimes honest in fact the other one is rock in front of rock keating is forced to be honest sometimes similarly with catherine keating does not need to have any pretense any drama any artificialities when he is with catherine he is shown as being less conditioned less artificial that's the effect of catherine upon keating do you get this in front of catherine peter peter keating does not feel the need to put up a facade a front he does not need to talk in assumed tones 
if he is conditioned he can reveal to her that she is he is conditioned and she has a kind of unsuspecting trust in him sometimes he doesn't show up for weeks sometimes he doesn't show up for months and she does not even bother to inquire that is the nature of their relationship it may not be a relationship as high as the skies but in context of peter kitting this relationship is the highest relationship that he has look at kitting's relationship with franken look at kitting's relationship with lucius here look at kitting's relationship with his mother these are the other important relationships that he has look at kitting's relationship with the other workers draftsmen in franken's office you remember all that he does with them right stengel and all you remember all that right so when it comes to keating his relationships are one rotten mass catherine is the only one in presence of whom keating is a little less wicked a little less demonic no wonder keating ends up betraying catherine because had he remained with catherine keating could not have become the beast that he slowly turns into in fact he is a de facto murderer peter keating now what is to he doing to he is ripping keating away from the one right relationship that he has are you getting it if there is one right relationship in keating's life it is his relationship with catherine and not that this relationship is absolutely right it's just that it is the relatively highest relationship that he has compared to his other relationships to he is striking at the best that keating has catherine is the best that keating has therefore keating's mother does not like catherine don't you see that did the buddha preach that you should have wrong relationships in fact one of the eight limbs of the path suggested by buddha is right relationships you say mutasim that is this not what the buddha preaches go and read the ashtang mark of buddha of the eight limbs one limb is right relationships and obviously what is a right relationship that which does not condition you further that which returns you to your pure self is that not what a right relationship is so the buddha is preaching have right relationships and to he is breaking the right relationship that keating has and mutasim is wondering whether the buddha was actually to he what are you doing mutasim 
it's mathematically clear buddha says have right relationships right relationship of peter keating is with catherine to he does not want that relationship he wants to break that relationship how is then to he similar to buddha mutasim what's going on <laughs> teenagers will be teenagers huh then you are saying ayn rand mocks eastern philosophy in this book and in other works no ayn rand is not mocking eastern philosophy in many ways rock is an exemplar of a lot of things that eastern philosophy says eastern philosophy talks about remaining uninfluenced does it not remain uninfluenced eastern philosophy says do not succumb to temptation does it not does rock succumb to temptation eastern philosophy says do not be egoistic does rock mind working in the query after being a promising architect does this speak of ego in the common usage or egolessness rock did have four commissions as an architect does it did he not and rock did get an internship with henry cameron in fact he worked with cameron for 3 years did he not and the stalwarts in the in the field of architecture did have at least hidden respect for rock right look at keating for example in some sense he worships rock does he not further the worth of rock had been acknowledged by people like austin heller right so rock did have some standing as an architect it's not that he had been totally dumped into the mud by the world the world did respect rock to an extent and then rock says i will go and work in the quarry at connecticut is this mark of ego or egolessness in india can a good qualified capable engineer easily easily accept to work as a mechanic does it happen you feel offended your ego gets hurt and rock easily accepts that this is what is called as nirahankarita how is rand mocking eastern philosophy maybe mutasim you should probe your subconscious often when we want somebody to be mocked we come upon things that appear like mocking him 
maybe eastern philosophy is advising you a path free of titillation a path that demands some renunciation and your teenage mind is feeling afraid of that path so subconsciously your mind is searching for ways to escape from the east ayn rand is not at all against the east maybe superficially at places she appears to be but not at all did does she not say that the mouth of rork that the face of rork was either the face of a saint or an executioner the face of a saint or an executioner in her own words she has compared rork to a saint and you are saying oh ayn rand is mocking the east rork is a deeply spiritual character why else do you think your acharya ji would be so fond of him and introduce you to him are you getting it look at the six enemies that shri krishna advises you to be cautious of the shadaripu do you find any of them in rork do you find any of them in rork so why didn't it occur to you mutasim that rork is actually a follower of shri krishna but notes that kind of thought didn't come to you but you have quoted instance upon instance saying that rather alleging that to he looks like saints and rork contradicts the buddha what is going on ask yourself why didn't you see similarity between rork and the teachings of the bhagavad gita is rork not exhibiting the highest kind of desireless action what is nishkam karm action done without any apprehension or expectation of the result right is that not what rork is doing he says i will do what i'll do i do not fear the outcome is that not what krishna is teaching arjun do what is right and let what may come is that not what is the essence of the bhagavad gita yes do what is right and never mind the results what else is rock continuously doing do what is right and never mind the results and you are saying no but rand appears like mocking eastern philosophy watch out these are ominous portents something within you might be itching to get rid 
of the East, Mutasim. And if something within you is determined to get rid of the East, sooner than later you will find some use to get rid of me and this course. When the teachings of the saints become too much for us, when the ego absolutely becomes adamant to somehow escape the saints, it will never say that in so many words. It will never say, Oh, I have started hating what Ashtavaka says because what he says is too much for me to execute. So I am quitting Acharyaji, I am quitting Mag. The ego will find some other pretext. Some other excuse. But the central reason is always one. You have hit a roadblock. It's a cul-de-sac. You do not want to proceed any further. So you will come up with some reason and get lost. These are not the right signs. Then you say, to he says, you must tell people that they will achieve a superior kind of happiness by giving up everything that makes them happy. Then he says, to he uses big and vague words like universal harmony, eternal spirit, divine purposes, nirvana. And then he, his question is, why does Ayn Rand think of nirvana to be unreal? This is further supported by Ayn Rand saying that she does not believe that anything beyond reason exists. Then she says, man's mind, reason is his only means of perceiving reality. Isn't this blasphemous? Don't we regard the mind to be absolutely limited, incapable of the perception of God? Is Ayn Rand saying that the mind is the authority when it comes to the beyond? Ayn Rand is absolutely silent on the existence of God. She is not supporting the idea of God, nor is she contradicting it. Even if she is contradicting the idea of God, it is the common idea of God. And I repeat, every idea of God deserves to be contradicted. What else was the Buddha doing? What else are the Upanishads doing? What else is J. Krishnamurti doing? What else am I doing? Contradicting your ideas of God. Have I not said a thousand times that God is not to be talked of? That's what Ayn Rand is doing, not talking of God. Then you say, why does Ayn Rand think that Nirvana is unreal? Yes, the more you talk of Nirvana, the more unreal it is. When Tuhi talks of spirituality, he is dragging you to a level that is even lower than the one that you are at. The saints say, give up your individuality and rise because your individuality is contaminated with effects from the body and society. Do you get this? As we stand, what we call as our individuality, is it pure? When I say, I want something, is it a pure expression of your individual self? 
our individuality is contaminated what contaminates it the body and the society they contaminate our sense of i so the saints say move into the purer i an i that is not contaminated by the body and the society and that i they have called as the true self atma brahm the void whatever what is tuhi doing tuhi is saying right now your i consists of 60% of effect of the body 30% of effect of society and 10% of the call of the atma we all are occasionally honest are we not like peter keating so 10% times we do manage to be honest right so to he says no 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 this won't do this 10% is the problem to he says leave your individuality the saints also say leave your individuality but the saints say your individuality is problematic because it is 90% corrupted to he says your individuality is problematic because it has 10% of purity and mutasim is confused he thinks the saints and the to he's are saying the same thing are you not getting it that which we call as our individuality is 90% influence and 10% purity loosely speaking right is that not so 90% influenced and 10% original the saints say your individuality is fake to he also say your individuality is fake but when the saints say that your individuality is fake what are they saying rise up and give up the 90% the 10% must expand to become 100 you must be totally pure that's what the saints are saying be totally free of the influence of society and the body that's what the saints are saying in contrast what is to he saying Oh, ninety percent, you are all right. But still, occasionally, ten percent, Peter, you sometimes have rare attacks of honesty. These attacks of honesty won't do. You have to become hundred percent conditioned, fall to the level of masses, become totally socially conditioned. That's what Tui is saying. So the difference is obvious. Tui is. sounding like saints only to the extent that he is saying that your individuality is false to he is sounding like saints only to the extent that he says that you must give up this individuality but after that there is a dimensional difference the saints want you to rise to he wants you to fall the saints say don't be a victim to the body and society to he says be a total slave to the society how are you seeing a commonality between saints and tuhi i really wonder i'll tell you why you are seeing that because your knowledge
is the knowledge of tennis of the crowds watching in the stadium hmm so recently there was the us open i watched the finals rafael nadal versus medvedev it was an engaging final five setter medvedev made a beautiful comeback after losing the first two sets so there are the players in the middle and there are just two players and then there are the thousands that are just watching and then on the court there are few others who are they the ball boys the ones who are watching will never know what it means to strike the ball can you learn tennis by watching tennis games can you learn squash by watching squash games on youtube is that possible is that possible or do you learn squash when you experience the hit of the ball against the racket you learn squash when you know what it means to run to the front corner and back to the tee by watching a game of squash you will never know what it means to play a boast shot hmm the problem that you are facing mutasim and most of my listeners and mac participants are facing is you are just watching from the stands i am the player i speak from my experience the volunteers in the foundation are ball boys they are present on the court but they are not playing but they help me in some sense they bring the balls to me when they bring the balls i use the balls they too are not playing so they also do not know me completely but they know me to some extent as far as you and the youtube audience is concerned you will never know me all you will have is words therefore your conviction in respect of my teachings will always be very superficial any to he can shake you up any small bit of information can rattle you because you have just been watching from the stands you really do not know what i mean when i say what i say only my heart knows what i mean when i say what i say to know what the real meaning of my words is you will have to come and play that most of you dare not do at most you come and become ball boys even if you become ball boys you will get some faint idea of what it means to be on the center court even that most of you are not ready for all you do is sit there up somewhere and clap do you know what it feels in the muscles when you hit that single handed backhand do you know how it feels you do not know you only get to see what your eyes show you a little bit on the screen on youtube you do not know what my interiors are like therefore it is so easy to misinterpret me on one hand i am disappointed that you are having such basic confusions on the other hand 
I am grateful that you are honest enough to show these things to me. Because you are honest enough to show these things to me, it tells me of the futility of my work. It tells me that even if I keep barking my entire life, not many people are going to understand. You will never know what it means to serve at 100 miles an hour by sitting somewhere. You will never know. Which shot appears the easiest to you? The smash? Right? The ball has been lobbed up and you are sitting at the and you are and you're standing pretty at the nets and all you have to do is smash the ball. Right? The opponent has lobbed the ball up and all you have to do is smash it down. Try playing the smash and see how you will be humiliated. You are mentioning the Buddha here. Are you sure, Mutasim, you have even read the Buddha properly? But look at the impetuous mind. Look at the gross insolence. You are so ready to drag the Buddha down to the level of Tuhi. Without even having taken the effort to go into what the Buddha says. And we are all sitting ready for that. We are just waiting for some hint and we will declare Tuhi is Buddha or Acharyaji is Tuhi. If that's what you are determined to do, do that quick and get lost. Save me my time. Then you are saying, Ayn Rand says, man's mind and reason is the only means of perceiving reality. Go to the numerous videos where I have spoken against superstition, Mutasim. Were you sleeping when I was talking? Have I not said that when it comes to the world, only science can tell you the fact? Have I not said? So when Ayn Rand says man's mind and reason is his only means of perceiving reality, obviously she is not talking of transcendental reality, she is talking of the worldly reality. But that's what I have also always kept saying, that do not bring in spirituality when it comes to understanding structural engineering, when it comes to understanding what the material world is like, 
only science will work and what does science mean science means reason and logic that's what rand is also saying why are you so confounded and so suddenly have i not said that since several years that do not make the mistake of trying to apply spirituality to things that are purely phenomenal i think it was him who asked that day vivek that uh, does not the infinite expanse of the universe tell us about the infinity of brahm and i categorically told him that the universe might be tremendously huge but it is still perceivable through the senses and it is perceivable through the senses therefore it is not in the same dimension as brahm where are you so confused obviously man's mind and reason and logic is his only faculty when it comes to appreciating the world but merely by appreciating the world man lives in a certain restlessness and that's where he has to go beyond logic he has to go beyond reason and it's not as if howard rock himself is purely logical or purely reasonable answer this when the dean asks rock when did you decide to be an architect what does he answer in the opening pages itself in the first 20 30 pages the dean asks rock when did you decide to be an architect what's rock's answer he says when i was 8 or 10 or 12 something like this huh 10 and then the dean correct me if i am misquoting says why or how rock says i don't know can rock give a reason or logic why he wants to be an architect can roar give a reason or logic even his even the hero's deepest urge is coming from a mystical place is it not you can reason out a lot of things but can you reason out where your reason is coming from can hork can roar tell logically why he must be an architect even that is a mystical calling you can't see that rock is most reasonable most logical he says right he says if there is something in my buildings it has to conform to the test of logic it has to be there by way of its reasonability it has to have a functional utility only then it will be present in my buildings all that is wonderful but tell me rock why do you love architecture how will you logically justify love so rock is mystical and only as mystical as the right one must be mysticism must guide the things of the heart
when it comes to the world you must be guided by reason and logic the mind obviously that's true there is nothing mystical about sipping water this throat here felt a little parched you can have a quotient of parchedness and a red line in that quotient the moment the parchedness exceeded that quotient some signal was relayed material signal mind you material signal some material signal was relayed to the brain and the brain said water 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 so the material hand went for the material tumbler and sipped some material water nothing mystical in this there is nothing mystical in the ordinary phenomenal events of the day but when it comes to the reason deter for life itself when it comes to the fundamental questions of living logic will be clueless reason will be answerless just as answerless as roar case if you ask him son why do you love architecture and later on roar why do you love dominic he may try to give some smart or clever answer he says oh dominic i love you i love you for my naked need and i need you just as my my lungs need the air all that is all right but still roar please tell me reasonably logically why do you love dominic and you cannot have a reason for such things please hmm why does the bulldog faced workman mike love rock tell me why did why did cameroon prefer to go down fighting and not surrender to the likes of vinand tell me is there any reason in these things so 99% of what you do and what you live in is bound to be reasonable logical it must be reasonable and logical but that little 1% that lies at the center of our being will and must remain untouched by reason and logic it is beyond and i'm not saying this for the first time here we have said this a hundred times before how did you miss it mitasim then he says ayn rand says achievement of your happiness is the only moral purpose of your life then he says she is a proponent of pursuing happiness but isn't the final stage the freedom from the desire to be happy is she suggesting that we chase happiness perpetually and then if we do that how will we be free of chasing much of objectivism seems so alien to what knowledge i have collected about spirituality why does she not talk of beyond self because it is a disgrace to talk of the beyond self because no teacher would ever like to talk of the beyond self 
because it is the student's stupidity that makes the teacher bring the beyond to words. Otherwise, no teacher is so disrespectful to the beyond that he would want to narrate it in words. That is why teachers worth their name have only pointed at the beyond and have tried their best not to name it, word it or paint pictures of it. Why do you want to why do you want Rand to talk of the beyond self so that you can relish the beyond self, Mutasim? Is the beyond a matter of talking? Can't you see beyondness in the life of Rourke? Can't you see beyondness in the stubbornness of Dominique? And if you can't see beyondness there, only then will you say, I need Rand to explicitly talk of beyondness. The moment beyondness becomes explicit, beyondness becomes vulgar. Have you such a vulgar taste, kid? Did the Buddha ever talk of God? Did Mahavir talk of God ever? Huh? All the saints, without exception, have tried to point at something. And the pointers at beyond have been 1%, 5% of their literature. 95% of the time, they are not pointing at the beyond. They are pointing at your worldly reality. Look at Kabir Sahib. What does he mostly sing of? The beyond or our tendencies and maya? What does he mostly sing of? He sings of the way we are. And that is the bulk of spiritual literature. That which talks of our stupidities. And then, just as a consolation to the audience, a little bit is spoken of the beyond, just to keep you interested. Because if only neti neti is talked of, then you will run away. Whenever the worldly reality will be mentioned, it is going to be harsh. Because worldly reality will include telling you how stupidly you are behaving in the world and how ephemeral and unreliable the world is. If only this is told to you, how would it taste to you? Tell me. There is the saint who is continuously telling you the world is not reliable. We are all conditioned. We are all coming from the jungle. How long can you stand such a teacher? So then, a little bit of sweetening is done. By talking of Amarpur. And the wonders of Amarpur are narrated. Nobody dies there. Time stops there. Infinite joy is there. Ideally, even that much should not have been spoken of the beyond. But the students, what to do of them? 
दे नीड सम एंटरटेनमेंट दे नीड समथिंग टू पिन देअर होप्स अपॉन दे से गुरु साहब यू आर टेकिंग अवे आवर होप्स फ्रॉम दिस वर्ल्ड गिव अस समथिंग इन रिटर्न अदरवाइज हाउ कैन वी लीव अवर स्टूपिडिटीज If you want us to drop our stupidities, give us some alternative, please. So then the alternative is given. The alternative is Satnam or Ram. But that alternative is given just because we are not courageous enough to drop the worthless and stand firm in a vacuum without any base. We need some consolation, some alternative. Has the consolation become so important, Mutasim, that now you are saying Ayn Rand is not talking of the beyond? That means the beyond does not exist. Finally, I say, no saint worth his salt wants to talk of the beyond. Living in beyondness is one thing. Talking of beyondness is anyway sacrilege. getting it then happiness einland says achievement of your happiness is the only moral purpose of your life and you are saying uh, this appears contradictory to what the saints say the saints say don't chase happiness einland says chase happiness why should there be a confusion einland is saying achieve your happiness when she says achieve your happiness what she means is your purely individual happiness and what kind of happiness do the commons run after they run after a collective conditioned social physical happiness pure happiness is joy pure happiness is unending pure happiness is non dualistic so when einstein says your happiness focus on the your isn't that the basics focus on the i when somebody says i you must be very careful what he means by the i i can have several meanings i can mean the pure self i can mean the corrupted self and i can mean the purely corrupted self you are confusing you are conflating everything when ayn rand says i must have its happiness she means the pure i when the common man says let me have my happiness he means the conditioned corrupted i pure happiness like everything pure is non dual getting it how do you know that the pure happiness that ayn rand is talking of is non dual because only the non dual can be independent of the other doesn't rock 
exemplify an, a happiness that does not depend on the other. Hmm? So that is non-dual happiness. At places, you must find as if Ayn Rand is teaching you the principles of Advaita. And that's what she is doing. But her language is different. It seems we are stuck up with the language. So it seems that I'm meeting my purpose in keeping the fountainhead as the reading. The rats are all being smoked out of their holes. I could have very easily kept another classical spiritual text as the reading for this month. But that wouldn't have smoked out the rats. When I say rat, I don't mean mutasim. Don't get offended. I mean the rat inside the mutasim. The fountainhead is my way of bringing the hidden ones out. Hmm?